Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Sketch Watch Play. I am John Flurry, and I'm Christopher Wade. And this is our first time recording in a couple weeks. Yeah, it uh, has. First of the new year, I believe. Uh, or was was episode six right before, right after the New Year's Eve? It, it was. Uh, I, I think it was. Uh, I think it was right on New Year's Eve because that was Anyone the day was? when. Yeah, that was the day when my friend Colin came over, and uh, we were geeking out about Pokemon Snap. Yeah. Oh, he got his one line cameo. Yeah. He pulled a Serena. <laughs> though, yeah, he though did. I um uh, I th- I think Patrick's uh, guest spot went turned out really well. Uh, it did. You guys had good chemistry and. He had some funny stories of his own. I didn't know about that Niantic story of his until he told it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, and of course, I didn't know about your Pokemon Snap horror story either. Yeah, uh, I try not. I try not to tell it so often. <laughs> try, you want to repress it. I get it. Well, but, um, well, well. A lot of my friends have already heard this story before, so I'm I'm sure that when I brought it up again, they were like, "Ah, not this one again." <laughs> well, they could skip forward like three minutes if they had to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, I I know what already said we uh, definitely want to try to have more guests on the future colin should definitely be one of them i think if he's I if he's ever in the area he's actually coming over today i know we got it i know i know we've got like a, a very uh set schedule for happening today but he's been coming over a little bit more often um, i'll get in touch with him maybe we can plan something sure that'd be fun and uh i'm trying to think of i'm sure i have other like friends and family who might be a good fit but i have to think on it for a bit other, some online friends possibly too i got a couple people in mind as well yeah we'll go over that in the, in, uh, the very near future i think yeah but so long as either one as somebody can get to either recording side of us for skype mm-hmm. or maybe maybe even if they have a good skype connection a good mic i think we almost did that for patrick but he w- he was in town so i capitalized on it yeah so we were just talking before we started. Um, not a l- whole lot going on lately, except um, I attended uh, Magfest 2017 about two weeks ago at this point. And I'm super jealous. Yeah, it's become a yearly tradition for me. I think this was my fourth straight one, mm-hmm. and I always have a blast with them. I feel like I spend like 60 percent of my time solely in the dealer's room, mm-hmm. both to find some you know older games I might be interested in. But also, I love seeing the indie artists, uh, hmm. buying stuff from them, getting commissions. Uh, I, I did a couple commissions uh, this year. I also went to AwesomeCon this past year, and I've done a lot of Overwatch ones. Nice. Uh, I actually ran into the same artist who did a Mercy commission for me in summer, and I had her do uh, the younger version of Anna, the sniper. Mm-hmm. And I also – I met – have you ever read any of the uh, Archie, Sonic, or Mega Man comics? Um, I I haven't been reading – uh, the Archie side of the uh, well, actually, but you know about um, them. Yeah, I know of them. Yeah, you're you're talking about the uh, when the Sonic and Mega Man crossover, right? Or just both series in general? They're Sonic. Oh, and Mega Man series. oh, yeah, I know about them. I've been reading a little bit more of the Sonic um, of the Sonic run. Uh, I know recently the Mega Drive series that uh, Tyson Hess did was pretty was pretty awesome. So I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to get back into it a little bit more. I was way into them in the uh, late Genesis days when Aww. they first started to get darker. Uh-huh. Um, I know they did a reboot recently. I think it got very cluttered and they wanted to make it more in line with the games. But uh, this guy has been the main colorist for both so- that the more recent Sonic and Archie's Mega Man series. Mm-hmm. And he was doing commissions. Turns out he's also a really big Nintendo fan. So instead of being like, do Sonic, do Mega Man, I asked him to do uh, Ashley and Red from WarioWare. Oh, cool. Kind of a wild card. I actually have it right right here, here if you want to see what's it. His, what's his name? Oh, nice. Uh um, I believe it's Matt Herms or Matt ah, Herms. I met him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I'm sure he's been to other conventions. 
He he actually signed my um my Sonic Mega Drive uh, first issue when he was yeah. uh, at a local comic store. He's a cool guy. He was a cool guy. We talked about all sorts of stuff. Uh, so that that was the main stuff I did at the uh, dealer's room. But I also went to a few panels as I often do. Uh-huh. Uh, the big highlight for me was going to a Q and A with David Wise, who hmm. you may not know the name. He is the compose. He worked at uh, Rare during like their golden age. Yeah, I he thought did. That, I he thought did the music for most better. of their NES games and. Biggest thing to me, all the original Donkey Kong Country games. Nice, yeah. Uh, I think two Donkey Kong Country two is maybe my favorite game soundtrack ever, and maybe my favorite game ever. That's that's a little hard to call, but I think game is very dear to me. And he also got brought back to compose the soundtrack for Tropical Freeze a few years ago. Nice, which very was cool. also great. And I got to ask him um, since that was his first time working with the series in ages. What was the process like of using new hardware and having like you know less limits by your, by you know you weren't limited to a sound chip anymore? He said the funniest thing was that he didn't want to try and recreate like the aural vibe of some of the old ones, mm-hmm. and it was very hard to uh, get the same similar sounds with uh, normal instruments and modern software. Mm, he wow. had to experiment to actually get it to sound a retro enough to fit. Yeah, because uh, he would have to. Uh, you do have to do a little bit of a. Uh, what's the word? Now I don't want to say retconning or going backwards compatible, but yeah, you do have to kind of step a step a ways back to kind of get those, to kind of get something close to those old sounds. Yeah, so that's what you're saying. Yeah, it wasn't as that part of it wasn't as simple as he thought, but it was. I think he did say it's one of his favorite projects he's ever worked on because that's it's, the series is still very dear to him. That's awesome. I'm glad he's still doing work. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. He, I know he, um, he's been freelance for a while because he left Rare like most of their good staff during yeah. the Microsoft buyout. He did do, uh, I know that game Kingdoms of Amalur a few years back, they got him to do the soundtrack. Nice. Uh, I haven't played that game or heard the soundtrack, but I probably should look up the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I also went to a brief Q&A with uh, John Patrick Lowry, who was a MAGFest regular. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the voice of the sniper in Team Fortress 2. Uh, mm. uh, he's been Sherlock Holmes in a lot of those adventure games in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his wife is Ellen McLean, the voice of GLaDOS and Gypsy Danger in Pacific Rim. Ah. And that was that was neat. He's a regular, so there wasn't anything mind-blowing. Uh, nice. I, I asked him something a little unorthodox because I looked up his IMDb, and he was in a game very – it was a big part of my, both my and Patrick's childhoods. Uh, an adventure came called Spy Fox and Dry Cereal. <laughs> I never heard of that. It was by Humongous Entertainment. Like uh, they did a lot of kid games, like Putt Putt, Freddy Fish, Pajama Sam. Uh, mm-hmm. Spy Fox and Pajama Sam were me and Patrick. That was our shit back in the day. Cool. And he was the villain in the first game. I asked him about that. He said he didn't have any concrete memories of the project specifically because it was like twenty over twenty years ago. But mm-hmm. he remembers the process because back then. Uh, there was no way to get your own studio uh, mm-hmm. like like many voice actors do now. And it was all being done like on analog. So you had to record on cassettes and ship them for auditions alone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes change. And uh, okay. last – oh, you're, hello, Cat. Yes, that is Simba. He's being an asshole. Hi, he's, Simba. He's doing the forced perspective thing where his head looks bigger than your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so MAGFest was really fun. I also met with uh, a friend of mine who is a uh, cosplayer. Oh. And she, speaking of Pacific Rim, she went as a uh, Mako. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it helps that she's Asian. But yeah. uh, she it was the training outfit, the tank top, and the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, very fun. So awesome. Uh, hang out with her and some friends. Also ran into another friend uh, who I'm actually going to another party of tomorrow named TJ. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice guy. Met him yeah. through the uh, through a now defunct uh, Street Pass meetup. Street Pass. Okay. 3ds. Yeah, it was fun. Um, 
But so, yeah, in summary, MAGFest is as fun as ever, and I have no intentions of stopping the annual tradition unless something really important comes up around those, that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure I'll have more to say about it next year. I'm actually hoping okay. maybe eventually I can get an, my own artist booth there, but we'll see what happens. Okay. But so now we're going to get into um, more specific things. So I'm going to get mine out of the way first. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to fess up to the audience. I have still not seen Rogue One, and it's that's totally on me. I think Sunday could finally be the day I could go see it. And if I don't mm-hmm. that weekend, I think I'm just going to wait till streaming. I want to mm-hmm. see it, but just the stuff just keeps priorities keep stacking mm-hmm. up. Um, but I did see shortly after our last recording a movie I was very excited for, and I certainly know at this point not many others were, which was the recent fantasy drama A Monster Calls. I wish I had a hundred years. A hundred years I could give to you. I'm afraid. Of course you are afraid, but you will make it through. This is why you called me. Come on. Uh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, I have you had you heard about it or before I told you? I, I have heard about it. I, th- I think I've seen the trailer for it. It was really cute looking. I, like- I saw I saw the trailer for it in front of Kubo, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a great fit because it is a very similar. It's technically a family film. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just get out of the way. The movie was a huge flop. I think it opened like 13th place. Mm-hmm. And I think it's already made some money overseas and from festival screenings. But I'm not shocked because even though it got critical praise, it is a tough sell and it's very hard to place a demographic for it. Yeah. Because I think adults wouldn't like the fantasy. Well, they might be turned off by the fantasy element. And mm-hmm. this is way too heavy for like a little kid. Mm-hmm. I think late elementary school, middle school can handle it fine. And I actually do recommend it for that. Or anybody like us who is into darker imaginative tales. Because I was getting vibes when I first heard about it from Pan's, of Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, it's not certainly not as violent and overall bleak as that, but it is a very heavy and kind of pulling no punches film because the concept is it focuses on this like 12 year old British boy whose mm-hmm. mom, played by uh, Felicity Jones, speaking of Rogue One, is in the later stage of terminal cancer. And uh, that's um, really uplifting. Well, not only that, it shows that at his school life, he's getting the shit kicked out of him every day by this really sadistic bully. Doubly uh, uplifting. He, he's already like an introverted, artistic kid, so he's just he can't he just can't get relieved. Then he finds out like he's gonna have to move in with his like very stuffy, uptight grandma, played by a uh, Scorny Weaver actually. And okay. so oh, you know cool. he's having a tough time with things. And this big near his house, there's a yew tree, an old tree. One night it, it like uproots itself. This big Groot-looking monster. There's no way mm-hmm. around it. It Looks like a much more ferocious Groot. Uh, voiced by Liam Neeson. I was about to ask. Yeah. He's I, I want Liam Neeson to do more voiceover because he is so good in that. And he's got such a unique voice. And mm-hmm. instead of like coming over and trying to kill him, he says, I'm going to help you cope by telling you one story every night that will tie into, you know, thematically what you're going through. And then at the end, you have to tell me like this truth you're hiding in this final story. Mm-hmm. And it ties together beautifully in the way it progresses. Um, the st- stories, he tells three stories. The third is a very brief one, so it doesn't get the same treatment as the first two because they get basically get like animated short films, which mm. you can see clips of in the trailer. Amazing style. I think it's pure CG, but it looks very mixed media in its approach. Like That's cool. Silhouetted figures, like ink splotches. I, I know you, you said it earlier, you're a big fan of mixed media. I think yeah. we talked about Paper Mario. You should look those up on YouTube at least at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. Oh, did Colin just arrive? Yeah, Colin just arrived. Hey, Colin. Um, 
<laughs> but they, and then and they're just very interesting little like fables. Like you wouldn't be surprised if you'd heard those were. <laughs> so we just did like a jaunty slow walk behind Chris. That's why I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> it's not. I know what it just. It actually has something of an uplifting ending. Like it still doesn't pull punches, but I think it yeah. kind of shows the importance of grief and perseverance and such. There's a lot mm-hmm. of heavy themes going on in it. And, um, you know, it's, it's rare for a movie to make me cry. Oh no, 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 no. But I like it when it does because this, and I, this movie did it to me three on three times. Oh no. At three separate points, I teared up and just, and many others, I still felt very strong emotions. It is a very good, I don't even consider it like manipulative. Like it earns those tears and those heavy. No, it was movies like that are right up my alley. Movies that really make me feel. Oh no! I'm gonna start crying now. Okay, okay, all well, right. I'm good. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I, I, no, I don't. I, I don't like to hear about when people cry. It kind of makes me start to cry. I don't this know. This is not it's, so much a crime because of something in my life. This is crime because I'm moved by a story. So yeah, if that's well, still it down, I get it. But um, the you know the the cinematography is really nice. The acting's the the, the kid. Uh, this is his first big role, and mm-hmm. he's good through a lot of it. And then the last the quote-unquote climax of the movie, he lets it all out, and I'm like, oh. I really hope this kid has a future ahead of him because I think he just earned it with this one scene. Yeah. And the way the fantasy element is handled with the monster and such, um, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but it very much is one of those things where you're wondering if it's in his head because when the monster shows up, it's typically when no one else is around. There's one yeah. point where the monster's talking to him in the middle of a crowded room and no one else sees him. Mm-hmm. And the very end of the movie in a very nice and very fitting way, give you a solid answer about the monster's meaning. And I was very sad. I, I think I heard some other people say, I wished it was, they left it more ambiguous instead of going one way or the other. But mm-hmm. I, and it's not only that, but it made me think back to one line early in the movie that would seem like a throwaway line. But when you see what you, when you learn what you do at the end, I'm like, Oh, I get why this happened. I get the significance of this last reveal and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Hmm, um, that's good. So it's probably not in theaters at this point. I remember I, I saw it on a Sunday afternoon. There was one other woman in the theater, and that was it. So I was like, yeah, I know he's going to see this. The upside is it will probably be out on home home release soon, and I definitely recommend people check it out. And funny thing, I looked up the director. He did mm-hmm. – this is his third movie. He did one called – I haven't seen his others, but I've heard of them. One was The Orphanage, which mm-hmm. was like a horror movie produced by Del, Del Toro, which I heard was good. Yeah. Then he did one called The Impossible, which was about – American family caught in the tsunami a couple years ago. So it's kind of yeah. like a disaster drama. And that's actually mm-hmm. the one thing, the other thing I know about that movie, I think it was the first, a lot of people's first introduction to Tom Holland, the new Spider-Man. Uh, he was one of the sons. Oh, okay. I think that was for his first step on like gaining some uh, notoriety. And nice. his next movie is going to be Jurassic World 2. Oh, yeah. Cool. Kind of <laughs> Which, to be fair, I like the first Jurassic World, but as a spectacle movie, not as a character piece. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think he could still pull it off as, as a – as he's definitely got an eye for good visuals and the movie is very well paced, but mm-hmm. partially because it's only an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, so I actually am – I actually am interested in Jurassic World too. Though, I mean, if reviews suck, I probably won't see it. But uh, mm-hmm. I think this guy either way has some – has a promising uh, cinematic career ahead of him. Cool. That's good to hear. Yes. I, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I think well, when I saw the the a Monster Calls uh, trailer, trailer it lo- yeah. yeah, I saw the trailer and it looked really, really interesting. I just didn't get the chance to see it because I mean, there were there were just there are other movies that drew my interest a little bit more. It came like, out like within a week of Rogue One. So yeah, and and honestly, like 
I've never been a big Star Wars fan, but these couple of past couple of movies have been drawing me a bit in a bit more um, in, uh, into the franchise. But I still I, I still wanted to keep my eye on a monster calls and I want to be able to at least check it out at some point. There are so many good movies coming out right now. If, um, if you weren't already married, I would say it's a great date night movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think we'll. I think we'll take some time to see that. Um, we, uh, I know we still want to go see um, Hidden Figures. Um, oh yeah, I heard that's good. Yeah, we we um, moon, Moonlight looks amazing. Um, good things about that. Uh, Patrick saw it recently. He said he really liked it. Awesome. Um, uh, we actually, I forgot we planned this until relatively, until about a couple of days ago. But me and my friends uh, were slated to go see uh, the new redub of uh, Sailor Moon R the movie. Oh, I read a review of that. Uh, yeah today. apparently the the new dub's good yeah the new dub is is pretty fun um truthfully the only clip the only thing i've seen of the new dub is the ford commercials they did <laughs> the ford commercial that is, is the greatest cool. weird thing where they got like they've done a, a dragon ball sailor moon and captain planet redubs yeah all advertising are... for and for and for sailor moon and dragon ball they got back the cast yeah yeah so it's actually what... like chris sabat and uh, is it stephanie shade voicing stephanie steph stephanie shade yeah. all the actual people doing the lines and it's so funny Yeah, and you know what? That kind of that kind of humor kind of carries through in Sailor Moon R. Like, there's a lot of points where where the characters are uh, like, besides the whole like uh, yelling out attack names yeah. and 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 and, and, and anime tradition. Yeah. Uh, besides um, sticking to the actual story itself, there are times when the characters are just like together at a table, just talking about nonsense. I'm not going to spoil it for any, um, for any listeners out there, but it's a point where you know the Sailor Guardians are around the table and there's they're talking about boys, and they just start they start riffing, and it just sounds like that they're they're actually like I don't want to say that they're. Um, uh, what's the phrase called when you're when you're talking off the when you're making jokes like off the cuff? Off, um, oh yeah, I was gonna uh, say off the beaten path. That's not yeah. It. Well, not not off the beaten path. Oh god, it. I know what it is. Uh, it just it 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 just improv. Well, off the cuff it, sounds it, pretty close. Well, yeah. Uh, they sound so comfortable in their roles That's that cool. they they just start spouting off spouting off lines that you're you're pretty much used to hearing. And it's so doggone funny. So yeah. um, watch. We I actually wa- have you have you watched? Uh, no, I'm just gonna say right now I haven't watched any of the Redub or Crystal. I watched a little bit of Sailor Moon back in the day on Toonami, mainly uh, S and Super S. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a great dub. I remember hating Sailor Moon's voice even then. So I'm, a, I'm kind of excited to see what the yeah. new ones is like. And yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Well, you know, I have a bit of a soft spot for for anime voice acting or just for voice acting in general. And while you know, uh, while the old days of what voice acting used to be are, are, you know, they're kind of gone, but still kind of around. You're still going to get like, you're still going to get good performances and you're still going to get not so good performances. Mm-hmm. But these, these days, like um, the arc for good performances is so like, it's, it's so much farther along than what it yeah. used to be. Uh, I, I remember, I always used to be confused when people would say like, and my would say like, no, I never watched dubs. They're terrible. They're terrible. And I'm like, I, oh, no. I, was, I was raised on good ones, but then you look, mm-hmm. you look, you look at like dubs of more obscure stuff from the eighties and nineties mm-hmm. that there's some real shit hidden there. there. There's some bad stuff that used to, <laughs> they used yeah, to get, but we are, we're date. almost completely past that. I feel almost, almost we're getting there. Um, I, I mostly watch dubs now because uh, I, I think the only, I think the one time of a more recent show where I switched to subs was uh, Genshiken. Have you ever seen that? 
Genshin, I've heard of it. That's kind of one of those like otaku making fun of otaku shows. Oh, okay. Uh, I've seen the first couple episodes, and the dub's not terrible, but it's a very manic show, and they sound very like bored and laid, you know, restrained. So it wasn't yeah. good for that kind of show. On the flip side, have you ever seen Welcome to the NHK? I haven't. No. That's another good. Uh, that's a dramedy about otaku's and the, uh, you know, the real introvert problem Japan has, like people who never leave their apartments and stuff. Yeah. Dubbing that is fantastic. I never watched it in sub, and I feel no need to. And I mean, the last I, thing I'll say about Sailor Moon is I was double checking to make sure just now. Uh, a friend of mine is actually uh, one of the villains in the redub. Really? Yeah, That's it is awesome. the character Mimete. Hmm. She's like an orange, a redhead with glasses. I I, I don't know, but um, I gotta so, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know which show she's in or which she's a villain apparently. Yeah. Okay. Um, friend of mine I've, has been in some cartoons and such. I think I talked about her before. Uh, Kira Buckland. Uh, yeah. she she was big in the Newgrounds days and doing a yeah. lot of like fan dubs and audio production. She had, she ended up doing enough to start a legit career and stuff. Yeah, a, a lot of people during the Newgrounds phase and even during uh, even in today's uh, era of YouTube animation, um, they've a lot of voice actors have gone on to do some pretty great stuff. Ego Raptors have been showing up in like legit productions now. Uh, uh yeah, <laughs> uh, apparently the Game Grumps are working on something. They're working on two projects. One is oh, I mean he's uh, guested on that Mighty Magistor show and he's, stuff. He's guessed, he's and some other on, thing I can't remember. He's um, guessed on he's guessing on Mighty Magic yeah. Swords. He's done um he's done some spots on BM Puppycat, I believe. Yeah. Um, but they're they're on some projects now. They're working on the, they're working on Ross's game cartoon and something else. Apparently, I'm not Very sure cool. what it is. Very cool. Um, and, but uh, after, go ahead. But after watching like Sailor Moon R, like I was I was surprised to like hear like um, Ben uh, to see Ben Diskin like uh, uh, like play a role on there. Wasn't and that, Ben Diskin wasn't he number one? Uh, I think so. I think he was he one was. of the kids next door. That's right. Yeah. And I think when he was when he was really old, he was Eugene on Hey Arnold. Yeah, I kind of remember him from his role on Tome and uh, from um, uh, Tome the Terrain for. Yo, uh, yeah, I've Matt never watched Black. that. I didn't know he was in it. Yeah, he he um, he's on there, and uh, him and the creator like actually. Uh, yeah, Kerberfree. He um, they actually like have like a um, like on his on his like a his weekly like blog on yeah, on he does YouTube vlogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, his Kerb blogs. They actually do. Um, they actually like interview each other for um, yeah. for, um a couple of times. Um, yeah, I've met him really in person one or two times. Nice guy. He's good oh. friends actually with uh, Kira. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's actually – they've both been on Pokemon now. Yeah, they have. He was in an episode and she's – no, she was in one of the uh, new the new shorts they did. Uh-huh. Was, was it Generations? Yeah. Yeah, she was the newscaster one of them. So, yeah. Oh, um, oh, you know what? I'm going to completely like blow my mind. Uh, I will blow, uh, just fucking freak right. out for now. Uh, <laughs> but um, apparently Neosi is uh, – was it Regan on Mob Psycho? Okay, I haven't watched that show yet. Oh, Mob Psycho! I know what you're, ta- know what you're talking about. Yeah, Mob Psycho is awesome. Is uh, that the one by the One Punch Man guy? Yeah. Okay, I should watch that. I really like One Punch Man. Yeah. I need to watch gonna... the dub of One Punch Man too. That aired on Toonami. I need to. I need to watch the dub of both shows. But you know what? Both of those shows are great. I actually like Mob Psycho a little more than One Punch Man. I'll check it uh, out. But yeah. um. I think we should move on to what else we, the big thing we planned to, to yeah. not, not, not a review, but uh, a certain, there was a big uh, blowout of news recently for a little thing called Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. And, Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'll leave my cards down on the table right now. I've already reserved mine for launch. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did. I was very tempted to, to pre-order that. And I was like, I can't. I can't. I have to live. I have oh, to no, eat. a lot of people are. Okay, one, I'm going to be doing my tax return soon. Yeah. So uh, that, I think that's going to go towards the switch. Uh, two, 
I do not blame people for holding off because Zelda is the one thing that seems guaranteed to be good at launch, and that's still you can still get that on Wii U. Yeah, um, there are some I, slight graphical enhancements, but otherwise it's going to be the exact same game. Yeah, and that's what I heard. I'm a little I'm a little disappointed on that, but I'm going to wait for Breath of the Wild. What I really really want on the Nintendo Switch is is uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's, well, wait, wait, just are you wait, you're waiting for Breath of the Wild to come out? I'm waiting for it to come it's out. It's a launch and, title. Super Mario Odyssey is a launch title? Oh, oh, you said you were waiting for Zelda. No, no oh, sorry. You wait for Mario, Odyssey. Yeah, Mario yeah. Odyssey is what I'm waiting for. Holy shit, let's talk about Odyssey. Oh, oh my, my god. That looks like the true successor to the Galaxy games I've been waiting for. Yeah, I think is it Gal cuz I heard they were It's not a Galaxy go- sequel. I'm just well, saying. Well, okay, okay, okay. Cuz I heard I heard that they were going trying to go back to the the 64 uh sandbox yeah, level yeah. design. Yeah, it's going to be more in the 64 sunshine route to some degree. There's still going to be some linear stuff, but I just, I'll take that too. I just um I've been really wanting them to – I feel like Mario has been aesthetically in kind of a rut for the past couple of years. Mm. Like 3D World was great, but a lot of the levels were kind of what you'd expect. Uh, there mm. were exceptions like the circus level, the ninja level. But I yeah. was like – I was thinking about how creative the Galaxy games got and to a degree mm. sunshine. I mean it was still tropical, but it was still different. Yeah. I um, think I'm – I think I'm one of the. Uh, I think I'm. I'm of all of two people on Earth who did not like Sunshine very much. I I did not dislike it, but I think it's the weakest of the main Mario games. Yeah. Um, the 3D ones, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. I remember being disappointed by it. I still having fun, but then Galaxy came out and all was forgiven. Um, mm-hmm. But Odyssey just. I remember the great way they revealed it because they've got that you know that city that's presumably going to be a hub full of like realistic people. They're going to play the Sonic, but they're probably going to do it better. Yeah, I think they will do it better. Uh, the the city world, I think itself is part of. Uh, it's like one of the new worlds that you have to explore, and that yeah. that flying ship is like your uh, is like your traversing point. It's like the like Mario those... ship from Galaxy Two. It's going to be a yeah. plot reason to get around from. I think the idea is that he's going to be going to like different worlds or dimensions because they all they look very distinct. There's the Day of the Dead one. There's that mm-hmm. food one where it's all very polygonal and simple yeah. shading, and it's just I'm like, man, they're they're finally. Flexing their creative chops with this, with the levels again and the look of the game. Definitely. Even, even like the main characters, like it's still Bowser camping Peach, but now he's trying to get married. He's wearing this pimp suit, this groom yeah. suit. Yeah, yeah. Like he went from like uh, the the bitches ain't shit mobile, <laughs> which uh, back in th- um, 3D uh, Mario oh. World. Yeah, that cool car. Yeah, and now he's like, uh, it looks like he's doing uh, airships again. It's it, it's so great. I love it. I, yeah, I love and, look at this game. I I was just I was so overjoyed watching that trailer. I, I, I it's the most um and, and even other things that we were just speculating about now, like the fact that the hat's going to be a sidekick now, apparently, mm-hmm. and not just that, but how it's it's kind of a consistent power up. Like he can throw it and then do an additional jump off of it. Yeah, that's genius. I can't wait to it, see what kind what kind of level designs they pull off of that and secrets and stuff. Yeah, that's that's going to be really really cool, and, and I hope I I really hope that you get to play as Luigi, not as like some like you after you collected the hundred and twenty stars kind of thing. You did it right. You unlocked him early on. Yeah, I, I want that to happen again. I, I, mean, I really hope that's the case. I want to say there could be multiplayer, but I feel like they would have shown that already. Like that yeah, was the first thing they showed in three D world, but um. 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm kind of wondering how much they're going to draw from old characters and new ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause you know, we talked about how, you know, uh, Miyamoto wanted the RPG series to stop introducing new characters. But then you look at this and all mm-hmm. these cool new, but presumably bosses. I'm really intrigued. Like you see like four evil looking rabbits for a second. Yeah. I, I think they're from the Donkey Kong. Uh, no, 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 no. They're, they're, they look all new. I would know if they're from Donkey Kong, believe me. Okay. Um, but I wonder if they're going to be a one-off boss or if there's going to be like, are they going to be a recurring Koopalings type thing? I kind of hope for that. They remind me of a uh, deadly six. Mm. from uh, Sonic Lost World. Maybe they could be the Mario equivalent. Yeah. And also, I just love the the fact that the city is one big Easter egg because it's called yeah. New Donk City. You can see like a, a Dixie Street, a Cranky Street, Espresso. Yeah. Uh, makes me hope that maybe there will be a Donkey Kong cameo in there somewhere, but that's I, I'm not counting on it because that's never happened in the main Mario games. Mm-hmm. It would be cool. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, I... I, 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 I I would love for the main Mario games, all the all the main Mario platformers and spinoffs and stuff to reference the other series like Wario, Donkey Kong, Yoshi. I would, I, you know what? I I I'm happy that there's a new Mario game. I really Absolutely. am. But I would have, I thought it would have been a bit more of a risk if Mar uh, if Nintendo went ahead and made themselves. A new standalone Wario game that was kind of in the vein. I kind of hoped it was that at first. Yeah, I'm a Wario fan I was like, "Is it Diamond City?" Or he finally there's a cap. Oh, it's Mario, but that still looked awesome. <laughs> I also want a new WarioWare game. Period. It's been a long time. It, someone made this concept online. It was called like uh, uh like uh, they made it like the Mario and Luigi series um on on the on the 3ds, except it was like called like uh Wario Brothers uh yeah some, Mario uh, partners in crime or something yeah and yeah. and and they, and they had the design and everything they had the, um, the 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 illustration aesthetic down it looked really charming and it looked really legit yeah. and I kind of want I, I wish I wish I knew the name of that artist I should have. Uh, I, I should have took notes on that, but I saw it like six months ago. Yeah, I love the Warriors. I think we've talked about it. I make cartoons of them and stuff. I love those characters so much, just even conceptually. Yeah. So to see them pop up and stuff. Like I think all we've gotten so far is some Smash Brothers trophies, which I was overjoyed about. But it, I would love to see like Mona and Mario Kart or the Dribble and Spitz. Or, well, um, well, even if no, you have a new full game, acknowledging them more in other games would make me happy. Well, you mentioned Mario Kart, and now I'm a little – now, now this is where I'm coming down from my high of Mario Odyssey. Look, the game, the game lineup in, in on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I'm sorry, I said Mario Galaxy, but the game lineup on the Nintendo Switch it looks pretty cool. Uh, Arms looks kind of interesting. Um, I'm 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 gonna pass on the 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 one two three Nintendo Switch. thing. Yeah, yeah I, I was wanna... excited for it at first, but then I'm reading early reactions have been really negative, so I'll probably yeah. pass on it. I'm, I'm gonna pass on that uh, like all the way. That's a hard pass. Um, but Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. I'm going to get those eventually. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Deluxe, Yeah. I mean, I love I've been waiting for battle mode for a while. And I think that's I think that edition is really, really cool. But it should have been the base game to begin with. uh, If if Nintendo tries to pull a fast one and tries to make that into a full on game at sixty dollars and not give a discount to people who've already bought it as a download. I'm going to be pissed. No, you know, that's probably going to be the case. They'll be like, yeah. you're going to be paying extra for the Splatoon characters and the battle stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. How much extra? Because I'm yeah. not paying more than $10. Uh, yeah. I'm okay with the ones that I got, Nintendo. Have they said what the pricing is? No, they haven't. Okay, um, yeah. And I'll, I, I really hope that I really hope that they're paying attention to the people who are like, I already have Mario Kart. It's downloaded. Now, the people who bought it on disc... I don't know what to say about that. I, I think that's disc, so. Yeah, that that's going to be a little tougher to, to to justify them giving a discount. But if 
if people who have it downloaded, if they decide to be like, you know what, for those who you can bring back proof, uh, proof of purchase on your Mario Kart 8 disc, we will give you a discount and I'll be all good with that. But a deluxe version at $60, I don't know, man, <laughs> that's 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 a that's a hard sell. No, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the one pricing. If you know the one pricing thing that's getting I got everybody raising an eyebrow, the uh, uh, pro controller. Yeah, $70. Oh, $70 for Pro Controller? Yes, that's more uh-huh. like, that's more than like an Xbox One controller. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not getting that at launch. Yeah, I'm not getting that at launch. I'm not paying for a subscription for for online. That's a no-go. I might for Splatoon 2. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I, maybe whenever the new Smash is out. You know what? Um, I I don't blame anybody for doing that. I, don't, I really don't because... There's a huge fighting community for for Smash Brothers, um, and 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 there's a there's a nice little community. Um, there's a nice little racing community for Mario Kart as well, and also Splatoon. Uh, so I can kind of see Nintendo trying to perform maintenance and trying to keep their servers up to speed. So they kind of have to cycle in money to keep it going. Yeah, well, and they already and, have done that for Wii U, so I guess yeah. they want to reimburse or something. Yeah, the Wii U didn't really sell that much. So no, they I'm talking about they did do online maintenance and stuff pretty frequently. Well, oh, yeah, but like you said, they want to try and recoup that cost and try to keep it going. And they have they have to compete with what the PS Plus is doing and, and the whatever the hell gold. Yeah, or whatever whole hell Microsoft is doing with their gold account. I can understand that. But at the same time, I'm hearing a lot of negative reactions from people saying that they're going to miss the Meatverse. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. I, I am going to miss that. Yeah. I was a big fan. That's not a good move, I, I think. I think yeah. that I think that Nintendo needs to find a needs to find a really good replacement for that. They've and they're been prob- saying now you can directly put stuff on social media. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. they better. I hope they're keeping whatever they have as a replacement for the Mies close to their chest. Are the Mies gone? Yeah, I think they might be, and I don't know why. That's a that's not a good move. No, I right think. after you did Mitomo too. Like, I feel like the Mies are so, are like they're an important Nintendo brand now. Yeah. Uh, they probably have the, the 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 statistics that show that all right, Mies, they're not that big a deal. But at the not same time, their sports days. Well, yeah. Well, they still Nintendo still needs something that says, "Look, player, we know you want to create a community online. Mm-hmm. So here's what we can do for you." And that's exactly what PlayStation does. That's exactly what Microsoft does. Look, if you go on, if you go on PS um, on on the PlayStation, what is it, the network or the Plus, whatever. Um, you can create your own little communities now. Yeah, Xbox read that recently too. Yeah, I don't care about it because I'm not. I uh, use them a little bit. I, I will personally. I'm not an online multiplayer. I'm a local multiplayer. I like being in the privacy of my home and yelling at my friends when they beat me at Smash Brothers. That's fine. I'm I usually not an online multiplayer too, but I have exceptions. Yeah, well, that that's just for me locally. But there are there uh, people who go online to do multiplayer outnumber me a hundred to one. Those people are the people that, n- that Nintendo needs to make sure that they grab and can mm-hmm. can continue gra- getting money from, because I really because without that I really don't see a justification for paying online to play um, to play things you would have gotten for free. Yeah, that's just me. Now maybe maybe Nintendo <laughs> knows something different. And they're like, well, we got the numbers, so fuck you, Chris. And I'm like, okay, all right, you got me. But from from an outsider looking in who has grown up with Nintendo, I'm like, uh, uh, you, what you had with the Wii U was fine. You don't have to get rid of that. I um, I do think this could be their make or break system. Like, mm-hmm. if this 
performs similar to the Wii U, I wouldn't be shocked if this is their Dreamcast and they pull a Sega. Maybe, maybe. But I, the, the Wii U was surprisingly short-lived, I think. Right, because but because it didn't do well. But um, yeah. it also, I mean, also they are they are making some money from um, phone phone games, and 3ds has still done well. Yeah. So maybe if this underperforms, they'll still have enough to sustain them for another system. Yeah. Um, but we will, you know. I feel like I I have I I I can't accurately say whether or not I expect this thing to do well or not. But yeah. I will say from the initial um, details, I'm a lot more excited about it than I was initially about the Wii U. Yeah, I, I just guess the concept I, is way more intriguing to me. Yeah, and during the presentation, you saw that Nintendo was definitely hitting people over the head like this is what the system does. You can take it anywhere you want. They were talking very slow and showing oh, and like. Let me just get out of the way. Best system name in years. Yeah, yeah, that system name in years, I think. I, everybody thought Wii was stupid when it was first announced, including me. We just got used to it. Wii mm-hmm. U was redundant, and a lot of people say it confused them because they thought it was just a revamped Wii. Yeah. Switch, it's a catchy, easy-to-say name, and it gets the point across really well. Yeah, and it's not the Wii. <laughs> it's not it's, Wii Switch. Yeah, it's just called the Switch. And you know what? It, it may not be the most bombastic name, but now that they're putting – now that the word Switch basically means you can switch from console to mobile mode, people can identify that relative, relatively yeah. easily. I don't easy. care about bombastic name. I just want a nice-sounding name. Like <laughs> I'm still I'm still not a huge fan of the name Xbox. Like, What does that mean? PlayStation, I think, is a good name. That yeah. That is a very good summary of a video game console. Mm-hmm. But – um. Wii and Wii U didn't really – I think they meant it was to emphasize playing together. Yeah. Uh, Wii U, I don't – I'm not sure. I, I think that was just – well, it's playing together but also yourself. I, I yeah, play, let's play together. Plus, you can play it for yourself. Wait, Nintendo. Wait. Time out. That's, That's a little new. too close to home. That but, means um, something different entirely. <laughs> yeah. But uh, since you – I know you said you're going to wait a while. When I get it in March, I'm going to be taking the day off to play Zelda. Oh, I also pre-ordered one that's kind of flying under the radar and I'm happy about. The Resurrecting Bomberman. All uh, oh, right, I saw some footage of that. A new traditional Bomberman, like with a campaign and with a traditional uh, battle mode. Yeah, I saw that. That and I'll, I'll take a look at that to see what it and see I'm what like, it feels like. Uh, is this okay? That happening and me going Rotten Tomatoes and seeing the reviews for Split make me think: Are we living in a parallel universe where M Night Shyamalan and Konami can make good decisions again? <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, the game could still suck, but the fact that they're willing to make a new Bomberman game after you know just. I don't the think Konami, console Bomberman game. I, I don't think Konami has a choice but to bank on like older decisions <laughs> at, at I, this point. I, I, do you they think it would just be Bomberman Pachinko or Bomberman well, iPhone? Yeah, and they could have fallen back on that. But judging from the the fan base backlash they had last year, I'm not even a big I'm not even a big fan of Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear and a Metal Gear um, uh, and a Metal Gear creator, but. Uh, he was totally in the right. <laughs> yeah, when, no, when I did some when I did some more research on they, him, I was like, oh, they sound like a really like, horrible company from yeah. these stories. Yeah, which is I, a shame because they made some it, good stuff. Yeah, so the, it's in their just like Capcom, it's in their best interest to try and get people back. So if they got to yeah. go back into the old catalog and drum up some old fans, you, you heard about Metal Gear Survive, right? Mm-mm. Oh, they announced. You can hear about they announced the next Metal Gear game. It is a. Uh, uh, action-based zombie fighting spinoff. Oh, right. Actually, it has one of the highest dislike-to-like ratios I've ever seen on a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think everybody was like, wrong move, wrong move. <laughs> Didn't the creator said, don't do that? It was Kojima. I, That's his name. I don't Kojima. know what Kojima said, but I'm sure yeah. he was not approving of it. Yeah, I this think This is after did. he was gone, anyway. 
Yeah, I think he did say, mm, that's not, mm, that's no good, dude. Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, he's not with them anymore. He doesn't have to worry about speaking well, out against them. Well, yeah, but, you know, Melagir is in some way still his baby. So I guess if, yeah, if someone, I mean, if someone does a bad job, <laughs> if someone does a bad job, you want to be like, don't raise my baby that way. <laughs> yeah, I do feel bad for him in that regard. Death Stranding looks intriguing, though, whatever it's going to be. I mean, yeah. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk about when the time comes. And well, we'll, so what I was saying was, I think we're, we will have to devote the intro to an episode to what I think of Breath of the Wild. Um, mm-hmm. I won't spoil anything, obviously, but and oh, that new trailer for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty cool. That now, went from me being interested in the game to holy shit, when is this out? Yeah, and you know what? That that thing I just mentioned earlier about 20 minutes ago about watching people cry and it kind of makes me want to cry. <laughs> when Zelda cries. When Zelda cried, I was like, no, baby girl, don't. Hold it in. Don't they, do it. And she let I, I was, the water flow. Yeah, no, it's funny because they're doing the exact two things I've wanted them to do with Zelda for a while. Full voice acting mm-hmm. and kind of open world back to exploratory style. Yeah, the open world style is something I've been wanting to see from Zelda for a long time. And I think they kind of touched on that with Wind Waker. I could well, be wrong. They were saying they're specifically drawing inspiration from stuff like The Witcher and Skyrim now, which, uh, was, which I was just saying, like, yeah, pull Skyrim with Zelda mechanics. And funny enough, Skyrim is coming to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Bethesda is yeah. finally saying, hey, we're finally doing something on Nintendo. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's been Welcome a long back, time guys. since they made uh, Home Alone for the NES. It's been oh, such a long time. Where have you they, been? They've done a lot. They had a lot of crappy NES licensed games and yeah. then moved on. But now they, I think they were waiting for the right opportunity to, to put one of their games on there. Yeah. Now, I uh, I had a bit of an emotional um, tiff for a second uh, regarding Zelda and her crying. Um, and then I quickly got over it because I was like, OK, I'm done. All right. I'm good. And then I saw like all the other cartoonish characters that are popping. Oh, they look so cool. I, I want to hang out with Flying Birdman. Uh, you mean Falco? Falco? Yeah, I want to hang out with Falco and Zelda. It's like he Black Falco. So- he looks so doggone cool. Yeah. I want to go have and a- like, just. I think even like the, you know reimagining characters. Like I think it's a Zora, but it's like a shark-headed person. Yeah, Serena it looks really so like- vivid. And I remember I was a little worried when they first announced like he yeah, has gonna be open world and have voice acting, but we're not showing you other characters. Mm-hmm. I got a little worried. Like, is this gonna be like just Link by himself for the most part? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it, it looks pretty doggone expansive. Serena really likes the Sharkhead character. Yeah, I like I'm saying. I like him too. Um, I like uh, the Grudo I, I girl. Like, I like the the yeah the red haired Grudo girl. Is that is that is that who that was? Uh, Gerudo. Well, we don't know her name yet, but they're all red okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, she uh, well she looks um she looks pretty cool too. And yep. I'm like, I want to meet you. I want to meet you. I want to meet Falco. Uh, crying Zelda. Fat great right, fairy, you, I think. <laughs> Uh, mm, 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 I'm not down with that. Well, maybe she won't be as scary as the N64 version. Maybe. Hopefully not. <laughs> that would be easy. I've always been kind of freaked out by that character. You I, should I, be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, scream. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Don't. Please don't. Yeah. But to uh, sum up our thoughts, I think we, we we still – we are both – we both have hesitations about certain aspects of the Switch. I'll get but it. If- we are certainly interested in it and we'll probably both get it. Me very soon, and you at some point in the near future. Yeah, I'm definitely going to wait. I like how I, I like what the Switch is capable of, but at the same time, while I do like how Zelda is shaping up, I've never been much of a Zelda fan, mm-hmm. and we still need to finish our HD version of uh, Wind Waker that's on the Wii U before we jump into another Zelda yeah, game. Again. Um, and I'll wait for Mario Odyssey 
Uh, that seems good. It, I mean, there'll be more stuff out by then, like Splatoon and Arms. Yeah. Uh, also, I, should I mention for Arms? Um, I, when I first saw that trailer, I was like, I love the art style, but the gameplay looks a little simple. But those mm-hmm. who have played it say it's actually there's a lot more to what than what they're showing, which is yeah. good. That's that was the same early impression when I had when they first announced Splatoon. I, I attended that E3 in 2014 when they cool. and watched the stream on my laptop in the hotel, and I was like, mm-hmm. why are they having up so much? It looks you know, it looks okay. Then I got to play, it and I was like, oh no, this actually is really cool. Yeah, I, Arms looks really uh, looks really intriguing. It looks and like Punch Out meets Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah, it does have um, the 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 Wii version of the Punch Out. It's got that. It still has that that very cartoonish feel to it. Yeah, oh, I love the art style and the character designs. Hmm. Um. But even that said, I'm I'm going to have to wait because right now I still need to finish up Paper Mario Color Splash and mm-hmm. Pokemon Moon. I got a lot of games to finish up on the oh, Wii U. I, I got Pokemon Moon last week, by the way. I, I saw how you Only like it. I played about the first hour or so, finished tutorial section, but I'm already noticing like that dramatic leap in presentation. Yeah, there's That's a lot really of really helping. There's a lot of story to cover. I'm not yeah. a I'm not a huge fan of it, but uh, I'll take That's it. That's the first it's, game that didn't start out with like you know just like are you a boy or girl? It shows a Lily running from this these scientists. I'm like this is different. Yeah, who would you choose as your starter? Oh, I, I chose Rowlet. Nice. Okay. Cool. I I, have, I think I've gone over it in a Pokemon episode. I, uh, ever since I went with Bulbasaur in Red and Blue, I almost always picked the green out the the, green, the leaf uh, plant type out of tradition. Only mm-hmm. time was only time I broke from that was I picked Froakie and X and Y because Chespin looked kind of dopey. Yeah, I think uh, Fro- um, I think Froakie was one of my first water starters. Uh, pretty what do you usually do. Yeah. Uh, well, I usually do fire types, like straight okay. straight fire types, like all the way. But Froakie was. Do you have an all time favorite starter? Um, my all-time favorite starter is Charmander. It, it's just it's like Manage Bulbasaur, like you always yep. where you start. But I'm trying to think. I'm fond of a uh, Trico too. Yeah, well, even besides Charmander, I mean that's that's my go-to like always. Like but Cyndaquil. I I do I love Cyndaquil. Oh my god, he's such a cute little armadillo. Torchic's probably the cutest. Uh, I think yeah, I think Torchic's really. Embor. Uh, um, um, what was the, oh what was the the monkey's name? Chimchar. Not big on him either. Yeah, uh, uh, I like all three starters now, though. Uh, Litten. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't get Litten. Oh, I wait, didn't did you? Do, well, no. I got a Rowlet. Yeah. You have cats. I, How dare you? Get, yeah. Well, uh, that's why I didn't get a Litten. I have two cats. Oh, <laughs> why add to it? Yeah. I have two assholes. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want another asshole for a son. You should picked it and named it asshole. No, I don't want to do it. Well, Nintendo won't let me. You know oh, that. Right. <laughs> I already – Um, I named mine Ezio. Because he gets the assassin hood when he revolves. And I did what I told you I was going to do. I caught a, uh, a young goose and named him Wall. <laughs> Wall. Happy inauguration day, everybody. That's when we're recording this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, you know what? I think uh, we should probably – that would probably be a good time to get to uh, our main discussion. Oh, right. We've been because talking so much. We have we are, I think the we've already piece. approached like half the length of normal episodes. So. Yeah, let's get to it. So before, while I was rendering the first half of this episode, uh, I got I did a little, you know, uh, recapping and setting things up with Chris, and he mentioned how when he first saw images of the first Rayman in EGM or some similar magazine in like 94, 95, he said, I want this, I want this in my face and on my controller, and I started going, oh, you want Rayman on your face. Wait, nice. that's, 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 you're, you're making it sound awful. You're making know, it sound that's wrong. Point. That's the point. Well, <laughs> that's not what I Where wanted. Where would it even come from? He has no genitals. That's not, 
that's not where I was going. Oh my god! I know. I'm I'm twisting your words <laughs> he, for comedic purpose. He's just he's. What, how would that look? He'll just be like waste. <laughs> I'm saying, like, I don't think he could get anything uh, <laughs> other than his own body on you. He'd just be oh. rubbing his torso. Ah, okay. God, people, I people, got people, we're talking Rain Man. We're talking Rain Man. We're talking. Uh, for those who have not played it, Rayman is a very long-running series from uh, developer Ubisoft. It's actually kind of the series that got them started. Chris is still recovering from our from our conversation. I am. All right. I'm going to keep talking and setting up while you recover. Go um, for it. <laughs> it was created – I think it originally launched – the first thing it was originally made for the Atari Jaguar, which <laughs> – was one of many the mid 90s was a weird time for so many systems that just flopped the cdi the 3do the jaguar and other stuff i'm forgetting but mm-hmm. um <coughs> I, think, I think like naughty dog's first game was for the the 3do or jaguar or some like shitty mortal Kombat ripoff or something um but it was made it was the brainchild of a very cool guy named michelle ansel uh who has helmed all but one or kind of two of the main Rayman games and also created Beyond Good and Evil. Mm, I remember uh, Beyond Which Good is Evil. one of the biggest like underground hits of all time, finally getting its sequel, good game. Um, and so the first one, I'm going to go through it real quick. We'll, we'll summarize each one real quick. They're, they're platformers at their core. Uh, mm-hmm. First one was you know made in the days of old Mario and Sonic, so it was a pixel art side-scroller. And it was a huge hit, sold millions. Uh, second one, I actually heard they originally started as a direct sequel to the first as a side-scroller, but they got so intrigued by the industry's jump to 3D that they started from scratch and made Rayman 2, The Great Escape, which um, was very, also critically well-received and sold a lot. A few years mm-hmm. later, we got Rayman 3 Hoodlum Havoc, uh, which kind of built on some of two's fundamentals, but also went in its own direction that we'll get to. That was the one that Ansel was not involved with because he was making Beyond Good and Evil 2. I mean, mm. beyond, not Beyond Good and Evil 1. Um, after that was Rayman Raving Rabbids, which was all, was probably the series' biggest deviation, which we'll get mm-hmm. to. I remember that one. It was one of the smash hits of the Wii launch, and we'll get to it. Uh, the series took a break from a while, for a while after that. Uh, the Rabbids kind of stole the show for a couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it was reinvigorated when Ansel and a small team did the, very much taking the series back to its roots with Rayman Origins and its direct sequel, Rayman Legends, which were got rid of all 3D and just went to a hand-drawn, side-stroller, hop-and-bop style. So I want to get – let's just start by saying, Chris, what are your – what are some of the first things you remember, like being introduced to the Rayman franchise? Like aside from the screenshots that you wanted on your face. Okay, when I finally was able to actually play Rayman, um, and I don't like that extra thing you put at the you put at the preface of this. Um, me and my brother were actually playing it on the N sixty four. It was Rayman. You said it was Rayman that was two, two, right? First okay. one was only on uh, was never on Nintendo. So, they ported it to the GBA later. Yeah. So that was a, a big, sprawling platformer of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it started out fairly dark. Like, yeah. I remember I remember Rayman and, and, and Glowbox were Glowbox, captured. Yeah. yeah. And they, were, they weren't talking normally. They were doing the Banjo-Kazooie thing where they were like, Ooh, it was what Yeah. Chihuahua Momish, dude. Momish, dude. Got a new stool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We loved that. Me and my yeah, brother. Yeah. When we, we, we would stay up. All night playing that game. We had so much fun. Um, but we only got as far as the – what was his name? There was this really – this villain who had a top hat. He was like a ball and he had like arms. Oh, I don't know his name, but he's the guardian of the Cave of Bad Dreams. Yeah. We got pretty far. But I think on one of our first encounters with them, Nintendo 64 had some pretty impressive graphics for its time. Mm-hmm. But – 
Yeah, but uh, there were times when the animation was fairly off-putting, and seeing that guy kind of bounce up and down as a um, as as your he's bad guy, he's he's a crunchy ass dude, man, and that kind of freaked my brother out, and he was just like crunching all over the place, just bouncing and trying to get you, and it wasn't the best time. Did you was, just turn it off there? Yeah, we did. Uh. <laughs> I, I tried to turn it. I tried to turn it on. Uh, turn it back on, and he was like, "Nah, I can't do that. Not not tonight. Okay. Let's play something else for a while." And when did you next uh, encounter the series? I next encountered a series several years later, um, and that's when I finally picked up like uh, a place. Was it PlayStation Three? I, I think it was a PlayStation Three when I finally uh, when I finally picked up Rayman Origins, and I just wanted to try it out. It looked. Mm-hmm. Um, it had it had a, like a more evolved art style from the first few screenshots that I saw of uh, whatever video game magazine I happened to be reading at the time. And I loved it. I really loved the charm and and the and the car, and, and the cartoonish way about it, and how how the foreground characters interacted with the background characters, yeah. and how every legends go full cartoon in their approach. Yeah, everything is so heavily lit and and stylized, stylized and very and very well shaded. It's so both Rayman Origins and Legends are fantastic games. So if you don't have them, by all means, please take out some time to pick them up on the PlayStation Plus Store or on the Wii U or whatever console. I think any next gen console uh, should have it at this point even the xbox one so yeah, it's been ported to many systems yeah legends has at least yeah these are great two, yeah these are great 2d platforms uh, platforming games and you can do all the things that you would normally do um you know jump runs uh, uh you can hover you can glide uh, those moves aren't indicative um, um, are definitely indicative of what a platformer does but there's a lot of charm and, and personality in the new Rayman games. There's a lot of challenge and there's, there's a lot of difficulty in trying to figure out how to get past this level yeah. or how to interact with a new boss or how do I use this sort of move to get to get through this stage. And just – I don't want to spoil anything, but it's a gorgeous, fun – Yeah. And, and there's no plot to spoil for the most part, but it has – beautiful gimmicks that you don't yeah, want spoiled. There was there's one um here's one instance. So um I forget what area this is in Rayman Origins and I think it's towards the last level. However, uh there are there is a world that is kind of, um that is sort of like um shambling ruins and one of your core moves is being able to run up a wall. And um in second to last world. Yeah, in in a, in a couple of worlds they give you um, they give you a bit of a warm up. You run you run along like loop de loops uh, along the ceiling, then you fall back down. You run along the wall, then you fall back down. But there's a point in this particular level when you're running up the wall and you just keep going. You got to jump over obstacles while holding down the button in a certain way in order for you to keep running up this wall. Got to run over. You got to jump above falling rocks. Got to jump above uh, incoming buzz saws. But all the while, still running up this wall. This isn't automatic. It does the game does not do that for you. Right. You it's have an to. Auto t- yeah, you have to time your jumps just right, and if you let go of the wall running button uh, or the yeah, you die. <laughs> but the great and, thing is, there are no you have unlimited lives, and checkpoints are super generous. Yeah, and you can play with um, you can play with uh, you can play with your local um, with your friends. Locally, I think yeah. You, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you can do it online or no. not. Okay, you can't. Um, but Legends takes this a step further and introduces like online challenges where you get to race other people. In like uh, um, in and certain racing modes or yeah, you, challenge you, mode. I love that. Yeah, there's an there is. 
I don't want to say it's an endless runner stage, but there is a there is a stage where you have to run forever and you have no, to beat the, uh, have, the challenge levels are um, the ones where it's like run as long as fast as you can or as, long as far as you can. Those yeah. are endless. They're just randomly procedurally generated. Gotcha. Now, um, you do have to beat like the um, you, you have to beat the uh, whoever has the best score score uh, closest to you or in the world, I guess. Mm. And um, or friends. Or four friends. I never really got very far, but it was really fun. I, I remember I must have got like gold one time, and I was really gunning for platinum. These I think I've gotten lots of golds. I've never gotten a platinum. That takes a the, lot. Yeah, these things are difficult. They they take a long time, yeah. but they're incredibly fun, and they oh. definitely they definitely tests your your metal yeah. in playing platformer games. Okay, and I do want to say we're gonna get back to Origins in a second, but I should probably I should probably go over all the other games too since you have exposure to them. Uh, I. I think I first heard of Rayman 1 in magazines too. Um, I think I thought it looked fun, but I didn't think much of it at the time. At least not like, I got to get this now, especially because I didn't have a system or a PC that could run it. Yeah. I was a Nintendo kid through and through, and it never came to N64 or Super Nintendo or anything. Yeah. So apparently, it was originally made as a co-op Super NES game mm-hmm. before being revamped, and the prototype for that was recently recovered. You can look mm. it up online. Very interesting looking. Rayman was all like, it was like two chubby Rayman you would team up with. Um then I finally did get the chance to play it at a uh, cousin's house who had DOS, and I thought it was pretty neat. And again, but again, it didn't blow my mind. And actually revisiting it after two came out, it's a beautiful game, some great soundtrack mm-hmm. and great foundation set. But it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's oh, hard. the controls are nice. not as fluid. The level uh, the level design is not as creative. And you have it's very much like you can save, but you still have like so many lives and continues. And hmm. especially because it's one of those where uh, you know how in Origins Legends you can find those hidden cages. Yeah. In the original, they're there too, and to unlock the last boss, it's a Jet Force Gemini situation. You have to get all the cages. Oh, So good luck with that. Mm -hmm. But a few years later, Rayman 2 came out. I rented that for the N64, and it became one of my favorite games for the system. Awesome. Looking back, it's unique from a lot of other 3D platformers at the time because there's next to no collecting element to it Mm. compared to like Banjo or Spyro and stuff. Uh, it's very much exploration and progression based, and it has a bit more of a story compared to a lot of them too. Granted, with the gibberish, uh, the gibberish stuff, it's not, it's it's not as rich as you would might think I'm building up to be. But it was there. You get you got a lot of cutscenes to give uh, context to each level you were in and mm-hmm. the situation over time. And uh, there, that's something I wanted to get back to when I'm to talk about the series in general. Three came out a few years later, and uh-huh. I was pumped at that point. And actually, you did think and still think it's a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that did majorly change was uh, exploration progression was still a heavy thing, but it had more of a focus on combat, like Rayman's, you know, shooting. Because for those who don't know, Rayman is unique design in that he has no limbs. It is a floating head, a floating torso, mm-hmm. floating glove hands, and floating shoes. And his trademark power is that he can throw his fists as projectiles and then, like, boom mm-hmm. right back to him. And so they build on that in three. There were more enemy types, more dynamic behavior. He, he Rayman controlled more fluidly with his with his strafing and action moves. And uh, there was also a score element, like one of the last games that really pushed score because uh, killing enemies would give you combos or multipliers. And there were also different gems scattered around that would increase your points and, you know, the multipliers would help that. Yeah. And it, it really encouraged you to do that by offering a lot of little extra unlockable mini games uh, mm-hmm. that looking back were nothing special. But I think... Another one that came, another game that came out around that time was Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, which uh-huh. is actually quite fun, and that was very score combo driven too. I yeah. would like to see another platformer like that because 
it's it's actually a very a very addicting and kind of gratifying uh, mechanic when you do it right. Yeah. Um, and so then, so do you know about the, the, the history about? So did you wait? Did you ever play Rayman Raving Rabbits? I did. I actually owned Rayman Raving Rabbits. I just remembered, but I didn't keep it for very long. I think I kept. I think I kept it for about four weeks and then realized that none of my friends were going to come over and play Rayman Raven or Rabbit Rabbitable with me for for a while. So, yeah, um, I mean, there are were, there were better games out uh, yeah, to be so, flat out. Uh, Rayman Rabbitable actually had a very interesting development history because uh, it started as a full 3D platformer headed by Ansel after Beyond Good Evil, who's ready to get back to the series. Oh. Um, you can look up like concept trailers on it because they showed a little bit of what to expect, where like the rabbits had more, uh, more varied and grotesque looking designs. Those yeah. outfits you unlocked for Rayman would actually give him different powers because 3 did something similar to that. He could yeah. like tame and ride wild animals. Uh, I think he even said it was going to be, he was taming for like an open world approach. And, yeah. um, but what happened was, they got we dev kits and went, all right, we'll try to incorporate uh, the motion controls into it. And they started getting so carried away and interested in the potentials. They went, you know what? Let's scrap the game we planned, take the no. assets, and make a minigame collection. No. And even then, when I heard about that, I was like, well, all right. Because No, here's the thing. In magazines, they were saying, well, it's Gazil going to have a good story. Like, there's going to be an ongoing plot where uh, Rayman, like, teams up with old nemesis who have also been captured. At the end, he fights the Emperor of the Rabbit. There's, like, a Ray girl he's got to save. None of that in the final game. Uh-huh. In fact, I remember getting pissed off by the end of that game because, like, it, Rayman gets captured with Glowbox's children. He escapes, then remembers, oh, wait, I left the children behind. Goes to jump into the rabbit's tunnel, gets stuck. The end. Uh, like, oh, the f- super. I love it when game companies lie to me. That's like my favorite yeah, part. I was, I felt, I felt betrayed, and yeah. uh, and even then, I felt sad for a while because I still wonder about the lost potential of what that original Rayman Four would have been. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still really want the series to do another full 3D entry. I feel like there's been renewed interest in that kind of game lately with stuff like ukulele and, uh, you know, the rabbits in general I actually like um, mm. as characters. Uh, yeah. I think their slapstick gobbledygook is pretty funny. And I remember thinking years later, man, the minion, the minions really copped their style. Yeah, they did. They, you know, that, was, um, that weird late 2000s period where uh, these these very strange yelling manic random characters you had minions ah. you, you had rabbits a couple years later came the McDonald's weird happy meal thing that's running around uh, oh uh, maybe that's fairly recently though okay so there's these uh McDonald's has is now attributed um, has now made their Happy Meal campaign basically like the like the minions and the Rayman rabbits. Like so old creatures. They're they're base they're basically creatures that yell and do stupid things. Did they kill off Ronald? No, he's still around. I think. Okay. Uh, it's, they, it's a separate campaign. Yeah, it's just a separate campaign, and I don't think that I don't I'm not sure how well that took off, but it's uh, it, it's it's that that archetype of a cartoon character it's not as fun as branding companies think it is now well, you know it's played out it's it's definitely played out but you know what it even, even still i liked raymond rabbit I, I liked rayman rabbits but it wasn't that fun uh it was a decent game for one playthrough and some multiplayer but 
Yeah, I felt gypped, and uh, it really the next couple of years really frustrated me because they kept doing Rabbids games. Yeah, and Rayman would appear in them, but it was a very diminished role, and the Rabbids kept getting the best of him. And I was like, "Motherfucker, where's the new actual Rayman game?" <laughs> but uh, but you know, I yeah, you know, you're waiting for something better to come along. Those kinds of characters. They're not – they're entertaining, but it's hard to stay entertained because they have a very basic shtick. Like even in Despicable Me, when the minions were running around, I like Despicable Me. I don't – I mean yeah, I, I'm not – I'm, like yeah, I'm not in love with the series, but I like yeah, it. But then the Minions movie came along and it's yeah. like, oh, good. So this is where storytelling is now. All right. <laughs> I, I liked the first half hour of the movie. Then I was so bored. Yeah. <laughs> the minions Not, themselves can't carry a full movie out, thank you. Just shorts and in the background. Well, it sold gangbusters, so Yeah, I I'm not, I'm not talking about how well it did. I'm just talking about what I thought of it. Well, I mean even how we think about it, it I don't want to say that doesn't matter, but it's a shame because haven't this is a whole nother argument entirely. Yeah, so I'm gonna we'll talk about minions that. another time. <laughs> but I I'm just saying that just throwing all the money to that kind of storytelling they, just, they're trying to make a rabbit's movie. Did you hear about that? Uh, yeah, man, I remember no, that. No movie, but the rabbits. Eh. Rabbits, yeah. It's it's easy. It's oh, easy no, to the tell. The craziest up. thing, have you heard the rumors about a, a Mario Rabbids crossover RPG for the Switch? Oh, God. I hope to God not. I nothing God. nothing confirmed yet, but there's just been a lot of insider things. Like, if we don't hear about it by E3, maybe it'll just be false, but I'm wondering how that would work. That's another – if that happens to be true, then that's just another thing for me to – check off the negative box for Nintendo Switch. That doesn't make me that doesn't make it a day one purchase for me. Yeah. And I well, kind of we'll talk I, about that when when or if it's actually confirmed. But well, um we've been talking about rabbits and that archetype. But yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Sorry. years later, finally when I was I, I think it was kind of the point where I'd like lost hope of ever seeing Rayman again. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched the E3's uh Ubisoft's I think it was a 2010 E3 stream and uh out of nowhere Bam! Rayman appeared, and I was like, yeah. "Whoa!" Then, I, but actually, I remember it showed. Oh, it's a Scott scroller. Uh, okay, I was like, I was so happy it was back, but I was, you know, hoping for some grand 3D adventure. Then yeah. the reviews hit, and I mm -hmm. played it. I played Origins, and I was floored. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Legends follows suit too. Those are two of the best 2D platforms I've ever played. Yeah, but um, and we will get to them. Um, but I also want to talk about interesting things about the the about two and three. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned. How, how you remember two starting kind of dark? Yeah, something I really appreciate in two and three that the series lost after that. Even with Origins and Legends, I feel they had it had a very unique tone and world. Yeah, uh, from almost anything like they were still slapstick happening and like three is fully voice acted. Yeah, and uh, the interesting thing is. They even get some notable names like uh, Murphy, that little green frog fly, is mm -hmm. your tutorial guide for the first level, and he's voiced by Billy West. Yeah, uh, and I he's, remember that. He's, he's breaking the fourth wall left and right, like, uh, how do you find answers? Oh, hey, hey, the manual. Okay, here's what you do. Don't be so touchy. Here, check out what I found. The manual. It's all in here. If you read the story, you'll find your way out. Once upon a time, there were lumps. Harmony, love, peace. Boring! Um, <laughs> Glowbox was played by John Leguizamo. <laughs> and like, that's awesome he, yeah and he was funny um not what i use by Glowbox to sound like because you know mm -hmm. it's basically sid without the list for my sake yeah but um he gets some good lines in like uh 
he's your constant companion through most of the game. It's not a burden. He's just, you know, there for story purposes. And you can punch him just for fun. And at yeah. one point he says, uh, I remember two lines he said. One, you were nice during Rayman 2. And uh, the other, my favorite, you keep that up, Buster, and we're going to be rated T. It's bad enough that I'm already butt naked. Oh, nice. Very yeah. cool. Rayman 3 had a lot of uh, it, a snark to it, a lot of fourth wall stuff. Some worked better than others, but I like that the personality gave the games uh, the game. But just 2 and 3, like I just remember looking back on them. 2 has an overall bleaker tone because you know your whole world's been imprisoned by robo-pirates and you're taking it yeah. back. 3, not so heavy in its plot, but just the world is very unique because like a lot of it can take place at night. Um, very beautiful forest designs, especially in 3 when they had higher horse, bigger horsepower. Mm-hmm. And look up um, look up on 3 sometime. There's one level I remember that really floored me where you go climb up this tower that looks like it's made not of solid material but like twinkling stars. Mm. Just and and I remember in two you could look up lore by standing on like plates of such and you could find like yeah. the, the birth of Rayman and in two you meet the creator of the world. Um, cool. He actually shows up in Origins and Legends as that old guy with the beard, the bubble That's dreamer. Not, yeah, which makes me wonder if uh, those are meant to be like a soft reboot because there are a lot of characters who don't come back and his design is totally different too. He actually looks pretty creepy, hmm. but um, I don't know. There's for all their you know very still very child friendly gameplay and characters there's a craft to the uh the world building of two and three mm-hmm. that i never really saw on any platformer since and it's the one thing i think origins of legends is worse because there's almost no plot in those games no there's um, that, that's that's one of the things that kind of disappointed me in origins yeah, that was of the one thing that's been about those because um i wanted more know more about this world and yeah the uh the overall atmosphere wasn't quite as rich too like don't get me wrong the backgrounds are terrific there's some good tunes like the two and three have such and even one degree have such atmospheric kind of brooding soundtrack it reminds me of like when you i feel like it reminds me of how people love a lot of certain like 80s movies like dark crystal and such mm-hmm. taking yeah. stuff that's you know relatively friendly fairy tale stuff but also giving it kind of a both mystical and sinister edge and just creative just there's stuff I remember seeing in 2 and 3 that's like the Cave of Bad Dreams you talked about like when you beat that guy there's this cutscene where he's like well I can give you the, the, the treasure you want to the artifact you want to get ahead but also I can make you rich beyond your wildest dreams and a little thing pops up like he puts a coin mm-hmm. in Rayman's hands like do you want it yes or no you press yes it shows a fat Rayman lounging on a beach with like the end then he comes back <laughs> to no and that's the canon choice because like he takes it off his head it's like no I'm trying to save the world yeah. and um, I'm trying to think about and like 2 has like you know, you're like elemental guardians that you've got to get the mask from to resurrect. Like two, the, the idea is at the end you're trying to resurrect or revive the god of your world to help fight off the pirates. Yeah. And um, it has a pretty epic last boss too if you look it up on YouTube where the captain of the pirate takes you on this like behemoth robot and you get mm-hmm. on one of those. I love the uh, levels you're flying. It's, that's not a runner. You're running those rocket with legs. Yeah. And you kind of take it on, take him off. Like the first half of the fight is on foot where you have to dodge his huge beam and shoot him. And it's a very tense standoff. Too, he's like trying to kill Globox and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half is you flying around on the rocket in this, this tunnel, taking him on. Uh, three, like I said, not so much of a bleak plot, but like I remember you go into this desert and it's just all these like you're running along animal carcasses. You take on this like scary warrior tribe that they, the game makes a point to tell you like these guys are invulnerable. Don't even approach them. And, like, the idea of that one is the villain is uh, a dark lum. Lums are, like, the coins in Mario. They're, like, these little fairies are your main equivalents. Yeah, and one of them gets tainted and wants to corrupt the heart of the world and such. Uh. And, uh, well, obviously, Rabbids completely abandoned that. And Origins Legends, it didn't feel as so much as a trail, so it's just, it just wasn't there. Mm, mm, and mm. I do hope 
if whatever the next proper Rayman game is, be it an, like an Origins 3, or I'm still very curious to see what Ansel could do with a 3D game with tech, today's technology. Yeah. If Ubisoft, But I also wonder if Ubisoft would be willing to let that happen because mm-hmm. big budget 3D platformers are still a very done thing outside of Mario and Sonic and Nintendo stuff. People are still clamoring for it. If, I know. You, know, you can get success. If that game does well critically and financially – Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that could give some impetus. Uh, we're also Crash is coming back. The insane trilogy looks awesome. I'm really starting uh, some hope that maybe we could see something of a comeback for three all- platformers, and maybe yeah. that could encourage Ubisoft to try again with uh, the Rayman two and three approach. Yeah, uh, and there's also a Hat in Time, which looks very adorable. Yeah, yeah. That, I think I, I can't remember if I crowd if I did that Kickstarter or not. That one's been a long time coming, but it looks fun. There are a couple cr- smaller crowdfunding things. Um, yeah. Oh, Psychonauts two. Yeah, Psycho Knights I too. I kind of funded that. I'm really excited for that. So yeah, I guess it could happen, but uh, Ubisoft is a company who I'm not fond of in terms of their corporate approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a story for another day. I still love some of their games, but uh, we will see what happens with Rayman in the future. Um, I will say it actually has had some fun iPhone spinoffs. Have you played any of the, the mobile spinoffs? The what spinoffs on? The Rayman, the one they, they like, spin off the mechanics and look of the Origins Legends. Uh, I, you mean Rayman Run or Rayman Jungle Run? Jungle Run, Fiesta Run, and uh, more recently Adventures. Yeah, I, I've played Jungle Run, and I like them. Was and regular Run? Was there a regular one? No, I think those were regular. There was, there was just Jungle, Fiesta, and then Adventures. Okay. Adventures then played, is a bigger thing, and that takes like the Legends art style. Okay, then I played Jungle and Fiesta. I didn't play Adventures yet. They're they're all really good. Okay. Especially because sure. uh, Adventures, the first two are pure auto runners and they adapt them very well. Adventures, if you want, you can use a gamepad for, you know, oh, cool. iPhone compatible gamepad and then it plays just like the others. Okay. Um, it, it's great that they retain, you know, all the fundamentals. So, okay, we, I think we can talk about Origins and Legends a little bit more now because I was talking about what I love most about 2 and 3 and what I think the one thing they do better than Origins and Legends. Because mm-hmm. from a gameplay perspective, I think Origins and Legends are the best. Mm-hmm. They are phenomenal games. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, it's obvious that story-wise, the earlier Rayman games, um, they definitely hold the balance there. Okay, to be clear, I'm talking two and three. One had almost no story outside of intro and ending either. Well, uh, yeah, I'm just saying the, the, 3D the, the ones. early ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as like Origins and Legends is concerned, they don't have a story and that makes me kind of sad. But They're, there is like just a vague intro and that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, there's, there's definitely like a focus on how difficult these levels are going to be and what kind of new mechanic or what kind of new gimmick this new level would have and i don't want to really use the word gimmick uh, but they do introduce new mechanics as the game continues and they introduce new ways on how to use the mechanics but really the game kind of it kind of uh, swerves towards uh, the amount of difficulty and how well you know the game yeah, and how, actually, how well- they're not among the most difficult platforms i've ever played uh, but there are parts that take trial and error, especially if you try to be a completionist and get all the cages yeah. and all the – okay. One of my favorite things that I didn't know about those games going in uh, is how lums are handled. Yeah. That is my favorite implementation of like a basic collectible and a status quo ever because like I said, unlimited lives, automatic checkpoints. The, what, the way the lums work is you're – you have a goal for each level where it will reward you based on how many – like a certain number you collect at the end of a level. Yeah. Um, and that's important for going completionist. And the thing I love is the lum multipliers. Mm-hmm. Like in the first one, it's when you grab the big uh, purple ones and you get that little chant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Voice. They all turn purple and are, worth, and are double in value. In mm-hmm. Legends, they get even cleverer where like you'll see chains of them, like a string of them. The first one's purple. And if you get yeah. each one in order, order, the next one will be two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really encourages uh, both exploration to get all the lums you can and the, ca- and the cages with the teensies. Definitely. Um, 
and to and uh, being you know precision platforming to get the highest possible amount. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about the teen seeds. They, uh, I was before I forget, they have a really cute moment in two. Uh, do you remember their introduction about their king? Yeah. Where they they keep passing the crown around, like they have no official mm-hmm. king. Like I am, I'm, and the moment mm-hmm. Rayman goes like, "No, I have official business. Who's the king?" <laughs> they all shut up, and one of them just places it on another. Like, okay, mm-hmm. um, that's real cute. And uh, they're kind of like the toads of uh, Rayman. Now that I think about it, yeah, very prolific, smaller species who you can play as two different colored ones. Often need your help. Mm-hmm. And I did wish, I, you know, I, I, actually, I love um, the introduction of Barbara in Legends. Yeah. That's that's something I should have mentioned, but Bar- whenever I have a chance, I choose Barbara. I always choose her and Rayman, and some mm-hmm. of the other uh, princesses they introduce, which are all you know, they're kind of reskins of her, but they mm-hmm. change the hair and the color. I like, I also like uh, Olympia, like the Amazonian mm-hmm. one in white with green hair. Yeah, uh, very fun characters. I love how they all she has like a tomboy look to her. Yeah, like definitely. She got a missing tooth. She's all rambunctious. It's I love I love the missing tooth and her stupid laugh when she ah! when she bounces, when she bounces on something. She just goes. <laughs> ah! Ah! I love that. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. There are little voice clips in the like uh, Rayman. Rayman sounds so nineties and yeah. Yeah. Legends. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and I wonder why Globox doesn't make a sound at all because he had a voice. He, he, I imagine him sounding like Patrick Starr. Yeah, that hmm, that that would that, that be the role that, he feels. That's that was a weird decision. Like even the even the the, the two twins or the Zinzi's um, have voices. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have voices. Why not Glowbox? That was very strange. I have no idea. I love how they made him perpetually look like he was like sleepy eyed or stoned. I yeah. don't know. Because the idea is he's kind of a strong but dopey. Yeah. Um, I feel like that his design warrants a voice. Everyone else yeah, does. That yeah. was, that was Man, so strange. I would strange. love them. Yeah. Oh, and I mentioned it to you before because there was a Rayman cartoon. Very I th- briefly. I think I remember that on my old uh, Nintendo 64 preview. Yes, uh, they sent a tape just... previewing Rayman to uh, Tonic Trouble, another platform, and there was a trailer for it. I was always curious about it. Um, I got the VHS on eBay a couple of years later, mm-hmm. and there actually are some interesting things about it because the actual show is okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's not dreadful like you would think. It has a few funny moments. But it's also one of those shows where, other than the main character, it has, like, fuck all to do with the actual game. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Rayman is the main character. Razorbeard appears as the main villain's accomplice in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else is made up. The settings, the characters, they still look in the same style. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the main civilians are kind of, like, more human-sized teensies, human proportions. Uh, and the weird thing is there are characters who are, like, analogs. Like, there's a big dopey, it's like a big skinny glow box. And yeah. the one character I want to see return from Rayman 2 is uh, Lee the Fairy, She's yeah. kind of like this zen floating yeah. mystic mm-hmm. type. Actually, no, I guess the girl in that was more like B- Batilla the fairy because she was like a redhead human. The two the, the two things I will give it credit for, um, one, Rayman is actually voiced by Billy West, mm-hmm. uh, who went on to voice Murphy in three. Uh, yeah. The weird thing about performance, he does this, he tries to do this accent where it's like semi-Brooklyn. He's like, oh, well, uh, we left it in the car. Oh, well, you're not doing a good job of this. Well, you're not doing a very good job. We'll find her. After all, she's in the car. Yeah, that was something. I don't I remember, know why he went for it. I remember it. hearing a preview odd, that. But his acting's good otherwise. But the thing I like about um, Rayman the show is in the games, Rayman is very much a Mario type. He doesn't speak much in 3 when we get to voice. He speaks a little bit in 2, but he's very much the standard 
noble. I'm going to save the day. I'm a platform hero. Uh, the show makes him a little more snarky. Like in the first episode, he's getting pushed around by the villains and he just doesn't give a shit. And he's always like wheeling, you know, wheeling his way, you know, skimming his way off out of uh, obstacles. And I like that idea and I wish they could carry it off in the games eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game, one thing I would give this show credit for on a technical level was it was fully CG animated in, I believe, 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think CG animated shows started to look genuinely good until the past, like, half decade. Like, um, I think Sonic Boom looks pretty good. New Ninja Turtles looks pretty good. I was watching uh, the Skylanders Netflix show. That looks really good visually. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look back to, like, you know, Reboot, Donkey Kong, Beast Wars. I don't, I don't know. Because uh, they look dated, late, is what I'm saying. In, well, yeah. Uh, if you definitely like the late '90s CG was de- uh, was definitely dated. Um, but and I notice I notice this trailing way off topic here. Okay, go ahead. But uh, in certain instances, reboot itself was pretty uh, was pretty awesome in that uh, and what it was trying to do. And even in its latter seasons, it start uh, like the modeling and the texturing and everything. And yeah, the animation went way up. I'm not discrediting um, reboot. It's a good show, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was the yeah. first of its kind. So I, naturally, it's not going to look as good as what we have now. It was yeah, a groundbreaker. I, I definitely know what you're saying. Um, I'm just trying to think of some other examples. Donkey Kong uh, Country, Donk- that cartoon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking it looked better than Reboot. Then I saw they did a second season of it later, and that looks way worse. That looks abysmal. It's a different studio. It looks like shit. I, ch- I tried to watch the Donkey Kong cartoon. I watched it for a while. I want to talk about it when we do. whenever we do a Donkey Kong retrospective. Uh, I went from liking it to hating it, and now it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. I did like – Yeah. I'll tell you what. voices are very weird. Mm, I tell you, I mean, what, once once Donkey Kong went off, I was like, you know what? I'm going to back to my uh, my reruns of Beast Wars and Beast Machines. Wow. Yeah, 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 Beast Wars. But <laughs> the reason I brought this up, um, the Rayman cartoon. I remember thinking so at the time too. It actually looks very good um, uh-huh. from like a modeling standpoint for both the time period and as a TV show. Um, I read like because they only made four episodes. And then it gets, went straight to VHS and DVD. And I remember stumbling on one of the uh, animators' portfolios because it's yeah. hard to find information on it. And he said it was mainly for financial reasons. The show never took, you know, never got properly done uh-huh. and put on TV. And maybe because they spent a lot of money on making it look good because it does look good. And there is some creativity to it too. Like in the second episode, uh, they go on a subway train that goes up vertically. Uh, uh-huh. Their car gets sent to a dump where they dispose of this huge, like, Cyclops cow creature that eats stuff. Like, there's some of the interesting creativity to be found in the games, but it's still more slapsticky and uh, generic in some other ways. But it does make me think I would love to see them to try and take another crack at animating Rayman. But of course, we still have. Uh, well, oh, you know what? I'm fine because right now we have Rabbids Invasion on Nickelodeon. Mm, <laughs> it sells. Uh, why would you have that? Fine, whatever, Nickelodeon, whatever. All right, it's your choice. Okay, kids love it's it. Ubisoft's uh, choice too. Uh-huh. Marketing, uh-huh. merchandising. Uh-huh. Merchandising, merchandising. Uh-huh. Where the real money is made. All right. Okay. All right. I get it. All right, yeah. cool. But I think we can start drawing the conversation to a close. But okay. um, I think uh, obviously we both recommend Origins and Legends. Definitely. I also if- recommend two and three. Mm-hmm. I recommend one rabbits as uh, novelties. One was more figuring out how to, how to do about things. Rabbits, if you like party games, sure. Um, oh, I also should mention. Um, obviously, there were a lot of handheld spinoffs and whatnot. Uh, mm. The Game Boy Advance version of Rayman Three, I thought, was surprisingly great. It kind uh-huh. of took took fundamentals of the first, very first Rayman, and built on them with 
better controls and mechanics. And it incorporates a lot of stuff from uh, 2 as well. Actually, it incorporates more from 2 than 3, where cool. uh, you do – I think you actually have a boss fight against your creepy uh, bouncing ball guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they ever got re-released or anything, but if you can find a copy on eBay or a ROM, it's worth a look. And uh, I still, I, I so I hold two, three, and Origins and Legends in very high regard. Yeah, and I actually do recommend people check out the uh, phone games too, especially because Adventures, especially because Adventures is free to play and it handles that aspect fairly well. I thought. Hmm. Um. And if you're a completionist, look up the cartoon on YouTube and wonder about. <laughs> oh, I met Billy West at Awesome Con last year. Awesome. Um, and I didn't go, oh, awesome. what's it like being Fry? What's it like being Stimpy? I went, do you remember working on the Rayman stuff? <laughs> and he went, I, I don't remember the specifics, but yeah, I remember doing a, a Rayman project. <laughs> and I was not surprised he didn't remember because he voiced Rayman for four episodes and Murphy's only in the first level. And he's but, been doing he's been doing like, what, a hundred different roles by that he's point. He's a busy, yeah. busy man, so I do not yeah. fault him for being like, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> then I went over to Phil Lamar next to him and – uh, I remember the Samurai Jack revival had just been announced. And I was like, so they got you back? And he's like, can't comment on it. Of course, oh, but no, no, no. Cool. That's standard procedure. A few weeks later, they did confirm. He's yeah. Because why I mean, wouldn't he? He's Jack. Yeah. Yeah. If he couldn't comment on it, then that'd be different. Um, then, no, then he that, couldn't. That should, he, it wasn't well, confirmed. Well, if he couldn't comment on it, then that should say it all. Like, if you yeah. don't. Yeah. If well, you say no, then that's I also enough. met Charles Marnay and asked him, have intended to talk to you about their movie plans and stuff. And he just immediately went, can't comment on that. Uh-huh. Though I actually do wonder if they made a Mario movie, they probably wouldn't cast him. They want they want some celebrity, but who I don't know who I don't know who that would be. Maybe, but I think they'll try. I mean, since I mean, even the who Pokemon knows? for uh, even Pokemon the first movie tried to cast Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Wait, I don't what? think. Fa- yeah, you didn't know that. As what Mewtwo? <laughs> tr- but yeah, Mewtwo Strikes Back. They tried to cast Leonardo DiCaprio. That that was their intention, but obviously that didn't work. I have work. never heard that, and that blows my mind. I'm telling Patrick I, about that immediately. I, <laughs> I think. I think there was That's a bonkers. I, I think there was a curb blog about it. I'm not sure, but you'd have to check. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that was that, that was, is that was news. I can't I, imagine I, what that would sound like. I, I can't imagine because Mewtwo's dub voice they got was pretty perfect. Yeah, I think uh, I think Nintendo, if they decide to use Charles, um, if this decide to use Charles' voice, I think they should keep to doing that. People, I can people see them like the guy. If they did a new show. I feel mm-hmm. like if they did a movie, people would probably would press them. Get so and so to do. Sasha no. Baron Cohen. I don't no, know. Please who, who don't. Does acts, who does funny accents? I don't know. No, no, no. Don't. You don't, don't. Just, but, just stay we'll, true to the thing. We'll talk more about that when – if something comes of that. But uh, I think we should probably draw things to a close at this point. Sounds good. Um, but before we go, uh, we've already discussed uh, – Chris, you're, you're choosing our next review topic. So why don't you let people know what we're going to be talking about? I actually forgot because I'm tired. I will remind you. uh, It's something you've mentioned in passing, and now the entire series is up for streaming. I'm going to marathon it since it seems fairly short. You're reviewing the recent hit Yuri on Ice. Yay! I'm sorry. I'm very sleepy. It's cool. (laughs) I have a uh, big gulp cherry coke next to me that I've been sipping on, so I'm not sleepy. I I Uh, actually uh, I have back pain medicine, so it's kind of making me a little wonky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. um, Our family dog uh, a couple days ago. had uh, some surgery done at the vet. Nothing Aww. bad. She got no. Nothing bad. She got spayed, and she had uh, some vet scenes. But that meant they had to put on the cone. Oh, the, sh- the cone of shame! I made a Facebook picture about that. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Because that- the best part oh. was when I came home and saw her. She was still on the dr- on the painkiller, the anesthetic, and she was just all sleepy eyed and the calmest I'd ever seen her. Because she's a very hyper dog normally, and it was so funny. Like, she looked so grouchy. Oh. And then when I visited her the next day, she couldn't figure out how to get up the stairs with the cone. 
Ah, poor guy. The poor girl. But it's her, girl, it was, poor, it's her first experience with a cone. Hopefully it'll be a learning experience if she ever has to do it again. Poor girl. Okay. Now, now I'm matching uh, my parrot with a cone. I don't know why he would need one, but mm-hmm. that would be interesting. I'm going to go check on him when we're done. But um, So that will do it for this episode. Uh, look forward to Yuri on Ice. And maybe I'll finally have seen Rogue One by then. And we can do a little spoiler cast at the beginning. All right. Um, and we'll see what else we talk about. But... Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Behonkis, B-E-H-O-N-K-I-S-S. Chris, where are you on Twitter? You can find me at Sparkflow Films on Twitter. And uh, I also have the same username on Tumblr. And you can also find the show on uh, at Sketchwatch Play. And actually, by the time this goes up, I'm probably going to be putting episodes on my YouTube channel. Nice. Uh, yeah, as you and others have suggested. Um, I, a video of mine that I posted has gone viral. Uh, talk, speaking of Star Wars, you saw the one of my grandmother. I did. It was I, adorable. My Jeez. grandmother has never seen a Star Wars movie. And I'm showing her the original trilogy. And she was unaware of all the plots. So I recorded her reveal to I Am Your Father. <laughs> and don't, don't, got, don't, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Got to go look for it for yourself. Got to go you, watch it. No, no. Got, not, wait, don't spoil I Am Your Father? No, no. Not I Am Your Father. I mean your video. I was going to spoil the video. I was <laughs> – no, no, it's on my YouTube. Look up Show My Grandma Empire Strikes Back. It's got 72,000 views so far and climbing. If you um, haven't seen Star Wars, go see it now. Yes, go so watch you'll know who Luke's father is. Go watch that first and then watch the video. But um, so I think maybe I mean subscribers that, and that will help uh, spread the word of the podcast some more. But anyway, we've uh, we keep getting off track, so I think it would be a good time to wrap it up. So uh, I'm John Flurry. And I'm Christopher Wade. And uh, we wish you a good day and uh, Rayman on your face. All right. Jesus Christ. You're welcome.